Media Production. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Cold Shower Podcast. I have a familiar face to me, but also probably relatively familiar to you if you've listened to the podcast at all. This might be your third, fourth time being on the show, but it's my it's my big brother, owner of Kramer Basketball, and I have an idea. I'm not going to uh, say what it is yet, but an idea for a conversation that I ran by him yesterday. Uh, but before that, how was Thanksgiving, man? We missed you up here in Michigan, but it looked like you were having a lot of fun down south. We did. We played uh, some cub or cube, whatever you call it, outside. Beautiful, sunny day. And uh, we had some friends over for Thanksgiving, so it was it was good. Yeah, I, I put on just over three pounds from the morning to the evening. I was going for five, so I didn't quite hit my goal. That's great, man. Um, yeah, you texted the family chat that you were you were hoping to put on some poundage during the weekend. And that's contrary to what most people try to do during Thanksgiving. But that's just the blessing of being an athlete, I guess, is that, you know, you, you get a little more flexibility with the calories. Yeah. When you exercise every day, you know, you can eat a little bit more for sure. Yeah. All right. La- last question before we get into the actual discussion. Cub, cube, explain for people what that game is. And then I want to hear where it is on your hierarchy of yard games. Um, there's a bunch of blocks and you line them up across from each other and you have teams and you try to knock the blocks off with these sticks that you throw. And depending on the rules that you're playing, you got to hit these blocks a certain amount of time before they're out of the game. But essentially your team needs to knock the other team's blocks down before they knock your blocks down. And then to finish the game, there's like a big tall block in the middle. That's like a King. And that's what wins the game. So um, it's probably not a great explanation. Just look it up. It's, it's so simple that it's almost hard to explain if, if that makes sense. But, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. the only person that I've seen actually pick it up right away is our grandpa Larry. And I think it's because he spent decades playing horseshoes. So if you're a good horseshoe yeah. player, he was the only person literally like line them up and it was just like, bang, knocking them out, knocking them out. I'm like, man, this takes a lot of practice. So it's, it's a top five, but I'm not sure where I'd put it from there. Okay. Yeah. I think I have it. Um, certainly in my top five, you know, my top three, it, it, it might even be in my top three is cub cube, whatever. It's not number one. I'd probably put it at three. Number two is going to be cornhole. And then probably number one is, uh, is spike ball. Now spike ball is almost in a, in a world of its own because you're so physically active during that, as opposed to cornhole and cub where you're standing there and just, it's, it's a single arm motion, but great game. I recommend it to anybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The nice thing is anybody can do it. So like my daughter, Jada, who's seven years old, it's a game that she could legitimately play, you know, with, with adults if we really wanted to. Um, and there's not a whole lot of games like that, that can, you know, you could be 70 years old or seven years old and you could actually play against one another. It's not too bad. Exactly. Exactly. So now let's get to the, uh, to the next area of conversation. So I had this idea uh, rolling around in my head. I actually posted about it on Instagram, but just it was spurred by a podcast episode that I was editing for a client and it's an art podcast. And so they were talking about concepts for art and for pieces that, that they want to create. And then some of that trepidation that comes after having come up with the concept for something is because you you know, and especially if you're accustomed to creating or doing a lot of different things, that there's a level of uncertainty involved. And one of the things that is certain, though, sadly, is that 
moving into action almost always guarantees that the the concept isn't going to turn out exactly how you had it in your mind. And some sometimes it might be actually better, but more often than not, it doesn't necessarily live up to the perfect concept that you have in your head. And so trying to figure out how we maneuver through that as entrepreneurs, but also even just as people. And so I wanted to have this discussion with you and, and you had said, and I didn't even think of this um, beforehand, that it's probably a good time to have this discussion because you know, we're in the last month of the year, we're heading into 2022. And so people are really going to have these concepts and these ideas of what they want their life to look like as the calendar flips into 2022. And so perhaps this discussion will help, but um, I'm going to read to you the uh, caption that I had put on my photo and then you just kind of give your, your take on that. And we'll discuss a little bit more detail of how maybe concepts and action have played out in your life. But um, I had put that most of us have prowess in the conceptual, so the ability to draft in our minds how perfectly we will carry out an action. Perfection gets lost as we move from conceptual to action. That's okay. That's life. Go do something. How do you feel about that? Or what do you think about that idea? Um, I think that you need to ask yourself, are you planning or are you procrastinating? And I think there's a lot of, a lot of people that if you're really broken down with this concept and you're waiting to pull the trigger on it and you can say, I'm planning. We're still, it's not quite right yet. It's not quite right yet. It's never going to be right. It's never going to be a hundred percent. You already said that. So you're just procrastinating. It's time to pull the trigger. And as you pull the trigger on it, now you can learn a heck of a lot more once it's essentially out there, it's, it's alive. And uh, then you can learn, you know, how to best, you know, take care of whatever it is that you're doing to continue to move forward. Cause you said maybe it's never going to be perfect or it's never going to be as good. And the only thing that I would tweak with what you mentioned there is um, it may take longer and it probably will take longer than you had expected in your mind. It's going to be harder than what you had expected in your mind. There might have to be more help along the way than what you had in mind but it could be better and it could be different, mm -hmm. right? Chances are whatever you're trying to build and do, uh, especially if you're an entrepreneur, um, it's not going to take that exact shape, but the shape that it could take could be much better down the road than even what you imagined. Yeah, that that's very, very true. And I think that um, concepts as beautiful as they can be and as perfect as they can seem in our head, they're still, you know, they're limited as well by what we know. And so we can only conceptualize what we know. That's the benefit of action, I think, is that um, it allows us to move forward and learn new things. And so that imperfection might only be there at the front end of like, man, what this concept I had in my mind about how this business was going to start or how my workout plan was going to go, how my diet was going to go, um, how I envisioned my family relationships being in this new year. Um the action is going to allow us to learn from our mistakes. And then that's where I think if you could go all the way back, you, you can compare the original concept to where you've gotten through the action. And oftentimes it probably is better. hundred percent. So, I mean, I think that for, for those that have this vision and I'm a big vision guy, I'm not a huge goal, quote unquote goal person. I'm a big vision person. And uh, so if you have this vision for yourself, uh, whether that's in business, whether that's in life, ask yourself, what's the smallest step towards moving forward with this vision that I can take today? 
do it. Mm-hmm. Even if you don't know what, you know, step 30 is going to look like or step 50 or where this is going to look uh, a year from now, a month from now, whatever that is, what's the smallest step towards that vision that you can take today and then start. And again, this goes back in what I said earlier, are you planning or are you procrastinating? If you and I have the exact same vision, the same thing that we want to accomplish and you're saying, okay, I'm going to get ready and I'm going to get ready on one. I'm going to get ready on two. I'm going to get ready on three. And then I'm going to go. And I'm saying, okay, well, I got that same thing in mind, but I take off at one. I'm already ahead of you. Right. While you were waiting, while you were procrastinating, I took action right away. And now because I've taken a step forward, not only am I ahead, but because I'm ahead, I'm making all of these mistakes. And so now I'm learning at a faster rate. And for those that can get a little more uncomfortable sooner and start to learn as we go and learn from the mistakes that we're making, now we're going to grow and we're going to grow exponentially at a much faster rate than somebody else that's just kind of sitting back waiting for the perfect time. Cause there is no perfect time. Mm-hmm. Right. I just had a uh, little bro Zach on, um, a couple episodes ago and talking about his evolution as a business owner and just all the crazy things that have happened within, uh, his owning a physical gym space and just the unexpected. That was a great episode. And that was, I think, yeah. But I I think that was a a great thing that he had to say is that you're never like truly ready for, for some of these big life-changing things that you might, um, be undertaking. You're never going to be ready. And that's that fine balance between like, you don't want to go in unprepared, but also, like you said there, you can't just plan all day, every day and, and cover that up. Really what you're covering up is procrastination. And so I think that that's something that a lot of people really struggle with. And preparation is huge. And I pride myself in being extremely prepared in the things that I do, but it's preparation as you're going, it's preparation mm-hmm. as you're, as you're learning. I mean, when, uh, when I started my business back in, in 2014, I mean, it, it was, it was learning on the move. And, and as we dig into this podcast, I want to say to to the listeners out there, all the stuff that I'll be sharing as Taylor asked me some questions are things that I'm really just talking to myself. Uh, I do not feel like uh, an expert in entrepreneurship or in business or in any of those things. Um, so the things that I share as tidbits of advice, I'm really saying that to myself. These are the things that I've either learned through experience or things that I'm trying to focus on to continue to try to go and improve. Cause just like your previous episode, there's things that are unknown. There are no guarantees with what you're trying to do. You could work hard. You could put the time in that still doesn't guarantee whatever this result is that you have in your mind, which is why that end goal and that end result, I don't think are really that beneficial. It's more about what's the vision that you have for yourself and what are the steps that you can take to continue to inch forward with that vision that you have for yourself. And here's the other thing is I think that you don't have to, and Taylor, I want you to speak to this too. Um, You don't have to have other people understand what your vision is and what your dream is. And I think that so much of us, we, we think about success or whatever it is that we're trying to do. And if we don't define that for ourselves first, we're going to revert back to whatever we think culture's version of success looks like. 
And that is a huge, huge mistake. You fail before you've even started when you do that. So you have to define for yourself, what is my vision? What are the things that I want to do? What is the person that I'm trying to be through this, this journey of life that I'm taking? And we need to define that for ourselves. And once we define that for ourselves, now we can get the ball rolling. But if you don't take the time to do that, you'll automatically revert back to whatever culture is saying is successful, whatever culture is saying you're supposed to be doing. And that's a big mistake. People don't under have to understand your vision. Truly. They never will. Right. They never truly will understand before you. And that is, that is okay. Yeah. It, that's such a great point. And, um, it's interesting because I know after having had conversations, probably even on this podcast, that you exist with your specific business. You exist in this space that's really hard for people to understand, like how you do what you do, um, how you make money doing what you do. And that is that is really tough and it can it can wear on you a little bit. And that's why I think you have to be so comfortable um, living up to and finding your own idea of success and not based on. Uh, just these quick couple minute conversations that you might have with somebody trying to explain to them, you know, what you do and why there's value to what you do is because it can be really, uh, for me, even as a, someone who, who does podcast production, it can be difficult to try to explain that to someone, particularly people of older generations who don't know what a podcast is. And so then you're trying to figure out how closely do I compare it to radio or not, uh, as that's their, their baseline understanding and just figuring out, like, if they're not people who actually have legitimate sway in your life, you don't necessarily have to go too far out of your way to make it make sense for right. them. Because you're wasting like, your own time <laughs> trying to exactly. defend yourself almost. Exactly. And so that that's, a, a I think, a big realization I've had in the last year or so. It's not just even related to business, but just related to life in general and my level of happiness. And I've, I've taken um, this over to my social media as well and watching my usage of that and my interactions with that because it was impacting my, my happiness levels is like outside of, you know, probably less than a dozen people who really have sway in my life and whose words I value so much that I would allow them to impact the trajectory of my day. I don't need to explain myself to random people on social media, random people that I might come across at a networking event. Um, the people I need to worry about and, and what they care about what I'm doing are people like my wife. And so she deserves to, to have me explain and, and, and allow her to fully understand why I'm doing what I'm doing because she lives with me and, and other outside of that, the list gets pretty small of people that I should, should, uh, allow their words to, to carry so much weight in my life. hundred percent. Couldn't agree more. You want to be popular at home, not on you know, social media or whatever it is, or, or regarded, you know, highly by people who have never met you or they don't know you, you don't need to look good to people that don't know you. I want to, I want to be respected and loved and cared for by the people that know me most, the people that are around me the most. My wife knows me better than anybody in the world. So when she says, Steve, I'm proud of you. When she says, Steve, man, like you're, you're so disciplined in certain things that you do. That's the gas in the tank that I need. That's all the fuel that I need because she's the one that sees me living every single day. And there's a, mm -hmm. there's a saying that says like a, a compliment from a fool is really an insult. Right. And, uh, and, and that's kind of the way that, that I think of it. Not necessarily that everybody out there doesn't know me as a fool. Cause certainly they're not, but 
I shouldn't carry the the weight of what other people think if they actually don't know how I'm living and what I'm doing on a consistent basis. So, I mean, to come back to our, our listeners, like think about in your life, who are the people that really, really believe in you and that you value and who are the people that you believe in like deeply, like whatever they're, they're into doing something. They're a really good friend. They're a family member that you're tight with and be like, I'm rolling with them. Right. If, if they're doing something, I believe in them so much that I believe in what they're going to do as well. And as you mentioned, that's generally a pretty tight group. And I think, I think that's the, that's the way to go as far as being able to get the ball rolling with some dreams or visions that uh, you might have. Yeah, exactly. And that is such a cool, if you flip it too. So we were talking about from our perspective, but also us as perhaps supporters and, and being on a list of other people's um, group where they allow us to speak into their lives. I think that's one of the coolest things. One of the greatest honors is to be able to be on lists like that and to have a, a deep understanding of what people are doing, why they're doing it, why they care so deeply about what they do. That just, it's just really cool to be able to, to be alongside people as they're embarking on these different things. And it might be something simple and it might be something very complicated. It really doesn't matter. Um, value lies in both of those things, no matter how big it is. And so um, I, I appreciate that too, is, is having people on my list that I can count on a lot to speak into my life. And then for, for some of those people, them allowing me to be on their list too, has, um, has been pretty awesome. And, and so I I'm realizing too, we talk about concepts and then action is, I think getting comfortable in that space. So I, I wanted to get to a place where, where I I've convinced, like you talked about, there's that fine line between uh, planning and procrastination. So I want to get to a place where I convince myself that it's better to have come to terms with, with what could be deemed kind of a subpar outcome to being comfortable, to not being comfortable with having never taken action. So you have some people who are like, I have an idea, I'm going to do it. And I'm going to see what, see what happens. It might be a subpar outcome or it could end up being better than I even expected as opposed to someone who has all these great ideas swirling around in their head and just lives with those ideas there and having never taken action. I think there's a lot of people who are comfortable with that. I myself have been comfortable just with concepts and having never taken that action because that's where it starts to get super, super scary. And so I think what I've told myself the last year or so is, hey, if the outcome is subpar, you better get comfortable with it. That's life as opposed to just sitting around with those ideas that never come to fruition. You mentioned the word scary and you know, what, what's the biggest scary for, you know, there's this, the other saying, you know, the best ideas, the best inventions are in the graveyard. Nobody took action on it. Mm -hmm. Right. And so for me, that's regret. And so you're right. It is scary to put something out there. It is scary to say, Hey man, I have this service or product that is going to help other people. And then some of them are like, well, no, I don't want that. And that, that can be, that can be scary. But when fear comes into play, you, you gotta, you gotta put your feet down and say, am I going to let fear steal my future? Am I going to let fear steal the person that I'm trying to become? Because Fear is something that we need to recognize for what it actually is. It is normal, right? It's hardwired in our brain for, for survival, right? But most of our fears in today's world 
are simply things that we need to recognize, we need to acknowledge, and we need to understand that it's simply our imagination running its course. And, you know, that fear of rejection, that fear of not, you know, uh, certainly accomplishing something that we, we had thought that we were going to, it's not as bad as we make it out to be. When you're doing something and you end up making that mistake or you didn't quite make a, a, an audio podcast or whatever it was quite as well as you had, had planned on doing, it's not that bad. Right. And as I tell our players when they're, when they're taking shots, you know, and I start to see them tighten up and what's the worst thing that could happen on this shot? And like, well, I miss it. I'm like, you're right. That's the worst thing that could happen is you miss it. And there's only two things that could happen. You make it or you miss it. And if we miss it, now we can learn from that miss and we can get better for the next time. So even though whatever you're working on in your business may not turn out as good as you wanted it to, because you took action on it, that next thing that you're going to work on is going to be even better because you took action on something. So it's much better to do that. You can't let fear freeze you from stopping to be your best. And that that's what being scared. That's what having fear does. It freezes us, right? It's like that, that deer in the headlights, boom, it's, it's frozen. It just can't, it can't move. You can't let fear freeze you from continuing to take, take steps, to move forward, to become a better version of yourself. And maybe it's not for this thing that you're working on, but you're going to learn from it and be better the next time around. Yeah. And the fear too, um, we talk about like how it freezes us as individuals. Well, if there's people that are relying on us, then it also can hurt them too. Like, what are they missing out on? Because we didn't take action on our great ideas because we're too, we're too scared. It's why some people would rather swim with sharks than they would um, public speak. Mm -hmm. And it's because of, like you said, they're building these things up in their head. They're, they're creating additional reasons to be fearful that, that don't actually exist. I'm reminded of on my high school basketball team, uh, I had a teammate who he was probably the second best shooter on the team. I was the best shooter. He was the second best. And he oftentimes did the team a disservice by passing up open shots because he just, he didn't want to miss. And so I remember distinctly one practice, the coach just said like, dude, shoot the ball. Like you think Taylor cares if he misses the shot? Like he doesn't care. And he was exactly right. I mean, most times when I shot a three pointer, I was thinking in my head, a, it's probably going to go in. If it doesn't, I'm going to spot up somewhere else on the three-point line because we might get an offensive rebound. One of my favorite times to shoot the ball is off an offensive rebound and they kick it back out. I just love getting the ball right into my hands from inside the paint. It, it, was, it was funny how for some people like my teammate, missing, missing the shot was like number one on his list. For me, missing the shot was like on my list of like the fifth thing that I thought about as I shot that ball. I was mostly thinking about that it was going to go in uh, the, the swing of momentum that might take place, or am I going to get to shoot it again because of an offensive rebound? So it's just, it's, it's funny how we, we have these different priorities um, and, and fear is oftentimes, you know, too high on our list of things. And, you know, you did a great job painting a picture from a basketball standpoint. And realistically, there's all probably some area of our life where we struggle with, with that fear. Uh, as an entrepreneur, it could easily be pulling the trigger on a certain thing. Um, but again, to go back to what Taylor said and what I mentioned, to be able to, to take a step back, to take a deep breath, to look at it for what it is and realize that that negative outcome, like for your friend who was afraid to take the shot and make a mistake and, and miss, is really not that big of a deal. And 
one of the things that I've learned this past year as I continue to try to grow and develop in, in my business is we think people care. And there's a lot of people like they're just indifferent, right? There, there's, mm-hmm. you got people in your life who are, are with you and they're, they're like, man, I hope, you know, Steve is, is a success in, in what he's doing. That's a small group. Let's be honest. You got some haters out there who, I don't know, who, whoever they are. And they're like, man, I, I just don't like that guy. I hope things don't work out. But the majority of the people are in the middle. They don't care. Mm-hmm. Right. They, they don't care if, if my business grows or goes down a little bit or up a little bit or whatever. And I, th- I think that if we take a step back and look at things like that, it's really not that big of a deal. Like if, if you know, I think of all the the pressure that I put on myself as an athlete and, you know, if I could go back, I mean, there are a lot of things I did right. A lot of things that I did wrong. Um, but some of that is the more often I was able to just take a step back and say, do I know who I am? Do I know what I stand for? Do I understand God's love is not performance-based? Check, check, check. Most people outside of that, like it's, it's just nothing. It's just trees, you know, it doesn't matter. Here's my path on the road. Right. And it might be a windy road and I'm going up and down the mountains of life. And then, you know, there's highs, there's, you know, the valleys down there, which are really tough. But if I can continue to check myself, who am I? Who am I? What do I stand for? What do I believe in? God's love's not performance based. Cool. All right, let's roll one step at a time. Boom, 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 boom. We get a heck of a lot farther in life. Just knocking out those few different things than thinking about all these different things that are, in the side mirrors and in the rear view thinking about, okay, how's that going to affect each and every decision I'm going to make? I'm never going to make it where I want to be when that becomes, uh, goes to the forefront of my mind. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. It is interesting how, you know, if there's say 50 people in the vicinity, we seem to think that as we're about to embark on something that all 50 of those people, we just convince ourselves want to see us fail. And it's just not the no. case. Most of them, like you said, they don't care one way yeah. or the other. And there might be a couple that are like, yeah, I really don't. I really hope this doesn't work out. And the rest probably want to see you succeed. In general, I think we like when people do good things. And so, yeah, you're exactly right. We, we build up these, these things that, and, and create groups of people that we think are against us when they're, when they're probably not. Um, yeah. An example from my own life. And actually on my last episode, I had detailed kind of some of my sleep struggles that I had had. And, um, there was a lot that went into that part of what I disclosed in the episode is that there was just this constant anxiety surrounding what was it going to look like? What was my night's sleep going to look like? As I put my head down on the pillow, I've, I've tried to explain to people what my sleep issues were and they were hard to pinpoint. Some nights I would sleep great. Other nights might only get a a couple of hours and that could even be on evenings when I was on the couch leading up to bed and I couldn't even keep my eyes open. I was so tired. And then as soon as I, I, my head hits my pillow in the bedroom, I'm wide awake and I can't sleep. And so there was this constant threat of, of not sleeping. And on nights when I couldn't sleep the next day, I was probably running at like 50% capacity. It would throw off my entire day. I would try to figure out ways to be able to sleep in, to get some of those hours back that I lost at night. And then my schedule's thrown off. I'm someone who 
who deeply, deeply values my time alone in the morning. Like it, it just, it allows me to be so much more effective. And so if I can't sleep at night and I'm having to sleep in, I'm missing that time alone. And then it, yeah, it just feels like, feels like I'm running below my capabilities all the time. And so there was that anxiety of, am I going to be able to sleep tonight? And then once I had the conversation with my wife about the sleep protocols that we wanted to implement in order to try to combat some of these issues, there was an additional layer of anxiety that came with that concept of a sleep protocol. And it was, if we have a list of 12 things and we do each of them every night and I still can't sleep, something serious is wrong with me. And I didn't necessarily want to come to terms with that. I didn't want to implement the protocol because then it meant that I was going to have something else unveiled that meant I, I needed to go see a doctor. I needed to take medication or, or therapy or whatever. And that was, that was really tough. But now having implemented the protocol and my sleep changing drastically, I can pretty much set my alarm for any time I want in the morning. And I'm choosing now to get up early. I have close to two hours by myself each morning to drink coffee, read books, study the Bible, listen to podcasts, whatever it is. And I can like as close to leap out of bed as you could get without actually leaping out of bed. I'm excited because I've had restful sleep leading up to when my alarm goes off. And so that's an example of, yes, there was anxiety with having to, to carry out the concept of a sleep protocol, but it's actually ended up even better than, than I thought it would. And now when you take action on a concept, I think it spurs the ability to take further action on other concepts and it makes you more effective in every other area of your life. And so maybe we can talk about um, just this next remaining month in 2021 and leading into 2022. I guess I just want to motivate people to say like, you probably have this long list of things that you want to accomplish in the next year. I think the best thing you can do is like you said, take those small incremental steps forward. And then the next step is almost always easier because you've accustomed yourself to taking action rather than just sitting within the concept. You know, I use your example right there on sleeping and you have these different guidelines or protocols that you're, you're using as you go through those, because you've, you said, okay, I'm putting these into action. Now, maybe that fifth one that you do, it's not that you throw it out, but because you've tried to implement it, I'm going to make this little tweak. I'm going to do this. Maybe it's shorter or longer or do it a little bit, a little bit differently, but because you're taking action, you're trying to learn a little bit more. Um, so I, I'd like to get into the tangible a little bit because we, we've talked a lot about, you know, the more of these, not vague, but some of these bigger ideas. Here's some of what it looks like for me when we hit, and this is the past few years, when we hit about mid November, the wheels start turning and real realistically, the wheels start turning long before that. But I start to put on paper what I want this next year to look like. And I know some people are like, Hey, you got to have a year plan and a five-year plan and all this stuff. Um, I'm not big on like the five-year plan. It's never, my life has never been close to any, anything that's happened like five years, nothing, nothing close, like not even close. Mm -hmm. um, a year is a stretch for me, you know, nine months, six months is, is, is pretty good. As far as me, I actually realistically being able to say, you know, I think these is kind of how things are, are going to look and here's how I can try to, to execute. But 
uh, I try to put down what I want that next year to look like and what my focus points, my points of emphasis are going to be. And I do this a few different ways, but I break down five categories, faith, family, job, health, and finances. And so I, I have these five buckets. And then I try to put a couple things down in each of these buckets that I can try to execute. Now, this is where it, it comes into play. These are, for me, these things are much more vision and purpose oriented than they are result oriented. Um, the, the, the journey is the destination, essentially. Right. So each day, am I taking the steps to try to be the person that I want to be, grow into and become? That's essentially what my goals are for the year. So uh, as, as a person of faith, as a Christian in January, will I read my Bible every single day? In January, will I set aside five minutes in the morning where it's just listening, praying, possibly writing so, some notes down? Am I doing that? every single day. Am I volunteering at my church? Right. We just joined a, a new church a couple months ago. And so not just going on Sundays, but being involved with that church throughout the course of the year. None of those are a result. All of those are actions. And by taking those actions, I know that I will improve and grow in my faith. Right. And then I can knock out the same thing with things I want to do with my family, the things that I want to do with my job, the things I want to do to take care of my body, the things that I want to do from a financial standpoint to not only put my wife and I in a good position, but to start to do some things for our kids and, and set them up for for success. Every parent wants their kids to be in a better position than they were coming up. And that's some of the things that I'm starting to look at with with having two girls. So you're able to knock out some of those things. Uh, I'll, I'll share a little bit with with health. Um, as well, because I think this could be easy one is a lot of people get a new year. Maybe they want to lose weight or whatever that is. I want to do lunges at least four days a week, which I held myself to last year besides my, my injury um, where I was really messed up for a while. Um, and for 2022, I want to exercise every day, 365 straight days. I want to exercise every day. Now, not only do I want to do that, I want to track it. I'm going to write down what I did in my calendar. Now, um, these are actionable steps that I can knock out. Now, is that all in my control? No, I could get injured like I did last year. I could get sick and be like, I just, I'm barfing and all this stuff. I can't, not going to happen today. I understand that. But for the most part, I have control over whether I exercise every single day, whether I'm doing my lunges, you mentioned waking up early, same thing for me. If I'm getting up around 5 a.m. or a little before, a little after that, that's a good space for me to have a lot of time to myself before the house gets the house gets moving. I can take care of those things. And if I'm doing those things now, I'm setting myself up to be the person that I want to be. Um, so those are just a few. I won't share you know, all my goals for, for the upcoming year, but I just wanted to give people a picture for how I like to break down and attack the upcoming year. Um, and the last thing I'll mention, you can share some yours. You can ask me questions about mine, but I try to put a word or a phrase for my year, something that's, that's in the forefront of, of my mind throughout that year. And for 2021, that word was urgency. And 
with, with the pandemic and essentially having lost, lost my job. Like a lot of people did, you know, even though I was self-employed, if you can't get into the schools that you're working in, good luck. Right. So it was really about having a sense of urgency of like, listen, I'm dialing from zero to 10 right now. Like we're just, this is all gas, no breaks as we start to get into 2021 and being able to do the things that I want to do for this year, present and perspective are my two words. I want to stay present. I think that is already a strength of mine, but we can always get better at being in the moment. I want to be in with the people that I'm around, not just in body, but in mind and spirit. And then maintaining perspective. Man, I already lost some of this. And I kicked myself in the butt. This fall, we had an awesome summer of camps, busiest we've ever had. We were rolling through some of our fall programming. And I felt myself starting to take it for granted already. I was like, I haven't even really, we, we started getting up and running like somewhat normal in June of 2021. So I'm looking at myself and I'm like, Steve, it's been four months, not even four months. And you're starting to take this for granted again. How dare you? How dare you? Maintaining perspective, being thankful for what you have, being thankful for the opportunities that you have, being thankful to, to get up and get after and do something that you love each and every day. And keeping a perspective of there's a lot of other people that are still hurt. There's a lot of other people that, that are sick with, with COVID or dying with COVID or have family members. And this thing's, this thing's not over. So being able to, to manage all these th- different things, the more we can have perspective, the more we can have empathy for other people, the better off I know I'm going to be moving forward in year 2022. That's great stuff. Um, yeah, I love that. We, we shifted from kind of some of these larger ideas and themes to getting a little bit more specific. And it's funny that you mentioned the, um, the five-year plan. I didn't know that, that you, um, I wouldn't say you're anti five-year plan, but that maybe they just don't, um, they're not able to play out in your life in the same way that other people say that they can. Cause I kind of go back and forth on the five-year thing. Um, I since uh, being laid off from my job as a social worker income has not been um, every two weeks are as consistent as what it has been for, uh, my previous career. And there's, there's parts of that that is bad. Like, and it sucks, not just every two weeks being able to count on that money coming in, but also in which job do I have, um, more earning potential this one. And so that's the other thing that you kind of have to trade off. Um, I think five-year plans probably work really well for people that, uh, are in, maybe business in like a more traditional sense where it's easy for you to measure and project and you have years past to base projections off of and to say in five years, I want to have, you know, this much um, earned income or, or whatever it might be, or, or this much um, money that's coming into my business, or I want to be able to hire this many extra people in order to increase whatever. And so you're able to work with those formulas a little better. Um, I just pulled up the goals that I had written. Let's see. I think it was probably in, I I think I wrote these just as I was laid off. So this would have been in 2020 and I decided to start cold shower media. I guess I might as well just, I can give people specifics. I don't really care. Um, my, my number one goal in this one was to match my previous income of, uh, per year after taxes of what I was making as a social worker. And that one was, 
that one was bold. It was a bold one to say that I was going to, in my first year of business, be able to just match it. But I felt like with um, the lifestyle that Abby and I had become accustomed to and the bills that we had to pay, that it was important that I try to get close to that. So full disclosure, I didn't reach that. I was, I think, four to $6,000 short of that goal, which as a social worker, if you're four to $6,000 under that type of income, you're not making very much, just full disclosure. So I had to look at that and I had to say, I could either have looked at it as a failure, said, man, can you believe like you couldn't even make this piddly sum of money uh, in your first year of business? Or I could look at it, and this is the direction I chose, is that there was one large contract that I nearly secured with a client. Had I secured that and had they followed through, had the client followed through on their vision for this project, I would have surpassed my income. Just by one client, I would have surpassed my income goals. They said no. And so there we are, you know, four to $6,000 short. So I chose to look at it and just say, yeah, well, next year, that person might say yes. Um, I had said that by September uh, of 2022, I will be on pace to double my previous income. Another really bold goal. Uh, that one actually I'm going to hit, which has been pretty amazing. Um, I, I credit it to, to God's provision. Um, I could get more specific than that, but there's just been some things that, that have played out in my life recently. And it's going to be a goal that I can, that I can achieve. Um, by September, 2024, I will have begun searching for a studio space outside of my home. I felt like getting a space in town was going to be something that was going to make me more accessible and actually increase income by having an office in town. So people aren't having to drive out here in the middle of winter. Um, that's going to happen sooner. I've had some people present me with opportunities for, for pretty reasonable rent of spaces or to even exchange my services for office space. And so it's pretty crazy but I could be two years ahead of schedule on that one. Um, let's see, personal, I had some ideas about by September of 2023, Abby and I will be able to take one major vacation per year. And so we're talking out of country, go to Europe, we can go to South America, we could go to Japan, trying to figure out how can we do one of those a year because travel is something that, that her and I really value. That one's going to be pretty tough, but I think it's going to be something that we can accomplish because we've been diligent on paying, paying down our debt. We have more expendable income now. And so it's going to be something that we could do. Uh, by winter of 2023, Abby and I will be able to decide whether we want to spend one month a year living out of the state. So these are bold and I feel actually kind of um, odd even sharing these with people, but I think that it's good to be honest in this way is that I want to be able to say in the dead of winter, that Abby and I can just go, you know, move, move South for a month and, and rent out a cheap apartment or something and, and be able to get away from, from these winners and recharge a little bit. Now, whether that's going to be possible or not, I don't know, but it's still an achievable goal, I think. Um, and then within the year 2025, Abby and I will be able to play in the purchase um, or building of a long-term living space with substantial property. This is one that has become really important to me is as Abby and I uh, start to think about having kids in the next year or so is that a couple years, maybe is that we want to try to find a place where we feel like we can be long-term and that we're content being long-term where we can build a family um, within a space that's really, really special to us. So I'm glad to have shared these with people, but I think the other thing is that 
life can happen super, super fast. So when you put these goals down or these ideas down or even dreams down, like some of these are, they're just a straight up dream is that, is that, um, do your best to, to follow through on accomplishing them, but don't get so married to them that if life changes your, your trajectory, that all of a sudden you're just in this deep depression because you didn't get to check that thing off your list. I think that's also a really fine line is if Abby and I can't by 2023, spend a month out of state, I need to be okay with that because it probably meant that life presented, um, other obstacles, other challenges, other, um, maybe even opportunities. And so that for me has been, if we talk about a five-year plan, I guess I, I have done some of that, but those are, it's not, not a concrete plan as much as it is maybe some of these, these dreams. And I think that that's where I found value in looking, looking ahead is, is with the bigger dreams. Well, one is cool that you, you shared it. Cause it's, I mean, it can be like, Hey, you're putting yourself out there. Right. And, uh, that's never, that's never easy. So, you know, props for, for sharing some of those things on the podcast. And as you mentioned, things change, right? So just cause you put something down for a year from now or five years from now or 10 years from now, things could, could look completely different. A pandemic could hit. Right. And so that's going to change up a lot of things and, and that's okay. The more that you're able to prepare and take action, the easier you're going to be able to, to take some difficult things in stride. And, you know, if I look at, you know, my five-year plan, well, five years ago, I was living in Bowling Green, Ohio. My wife was a PhD student. I was finishing up like my third year of running my own business. Did I think in five years I was going to live in Myrtle beach? Like, no. Mm -hmm. And in fact, we went from Bowling Green, Ohio, to Indiana, from Indiana to Surfside, South Carolina, that we bought a house. Like, so we've moved one, two, three times in five years. <laughs> we've had another child who has achondroplasia. Big thing we didn't expect there. Like chances are, you know, one in a billion or whatever of, of what, she, what she has. All of these different things come into, come into play that you didn't expect. So the, the preparation and the taking action and, and rolling with the punches sometimes is the best thing. If you go five years, okay, another five years, I was playing basketball in Germany 10 years ago, right? You think I was going to have any vision of what I'm doing now? Absolutely not. Now, if you're in a different position, maybe it makes a little more sense to have like a five-year five year plan. I would say now I'm probably in the best position possible to actually put a five-year, at least some ideas in place. And it's probably realistic. Pretty sure we're going to be in the same state in five years. Pretty sure that we'll be, my wife will be at the same university that she is five years from now. I'll be running my own business five years from now. So now it makes a little bit more sense. And I got an idea where we're going to go with uh, the vision of uh, a lot of our consulting. We've started a new branch of our business called the Coach's Edge, where we serve high school coaches around the country and how much that is going to grow and become a bigger and bigger part of Kramer basketball from a time standpoint, from an income revenue standpoint, and from having other people working on some, some projects for me. Um, so that makes a little bit more sense. Again, everybody's situation is different. So as, as Taylor sharing and I'm sharing, I'm not saying you got to do the way I'm doing it. I'm just saying, based on my experiences, this is some of the things that have worked well for me. Yep. And thanks for saying that is, yeah, for me, I, I try to remind people that whatever I share here is either something that I've seen work in my own life or it's something that I am implementing like literally 
right now and hoping that that it works out. And so I'm just sharing in real time, you know, some of those things. And I think, yeah, as we, as we round out this conversation is I just want to touch again on my list is that sometimes the, the word plan or the word goal to me sometimes feels like a constraint. Like if I, if I have to operate within that, that road that leads to my goals, then I sometimes get this anxiety of like, well, I might miss out on the quirky opportunities that are outside of that. And so I think that for me is why I tend to lean more towards like, here's a dream of mine. Here's a dream to, to own a building and own property and be able to do all these cool things on the property. That's a dream. It's not something that I have to have, but it's a dream. And I think that it could help me accomplish some cool things along the way to achieving that or trying to achieve it even. So um, that's just been my approach. And I, I suspect it's something that'll continue um, in 2022 with, with also probably providing some more concrete details uh, and drafting up a list of what 2022 could look like. So um, big bro, this was as always great. I didn't know if this conversation would be, you know, 15 minutes long or however long it's been, but I appreciate you coming on the show. I appreciate it. I mean, I could talk on this subject for hours. It's something that interests me so much. Um, So much of this is about personal development. So much of this is about mindset. And those are two things that I've really tried to continue to learn more about uh, something that I'm extremely interested in. Mindset was one of the big, you know, every year from a coaching basketball business standpoint, I try to really hone in on certain topics. Mindset was one of them for 2021. Like what makes people that are high performers, high performers, what makes people that are really excel in business or in sports or in coaching, what makes them so good at what they do? Success rarely finds the wrong person. If it finds the wrong person, it leaves them pretty quick, right? But sustained success does not find the wrong person. There's a reason why people that are able to do what they do at a high level for a long time, that is not an accident. So um, continue to learn more about what makes people really good at what they do. A couple thoughts, um, if you have time, that I want to leave leave you with. Um, if If you get a chance to read the book, it's called The Last Arrow, highly recommend it. Um, I was looking through some of my notes with with that book as we were talking about this topic um, earlier this morning. But, you know, as as you go through life and you're trying to to grow and whatever it is that you're trying to do, whether it's business, faith, life. um, I think too often we pray too little. We expect too little. And we do too little. We're just hoping things are going to come our way. But realistically, people want this reward. They want a certain lifestyle. But what they don't want is the journey, the scars, the wounds, the failures, the mistakes, the time invested that goes along with it. Sometimes they don't even want the actual lifestyle right? They just want a few of the rewards that come along with it. So again, I would ask you, are you praying too little? Are you expecting too little? Are you doing too little when it comes to this vision and the dream that you have for yourself? You can't choose comfort and reach your potential. That's a choice. You cannot have it both have it both ways. You can't choose this safety net and reach your potential because through that is challenge, through that is opportunity. 
you can't ever settle when what it takes to reach your potential is sacrifice. You can't have both of those things, right? So ask yourself, what can I do or what must I do? And with my job, I say, you know, some people have a job, some people have a career, some people have a calling. The calling is I must do it. There's a lot of things in my life that I could do, that I can do, the potential to do that. What's something that I must do? I got to serve people. I got to serve people through basketball. God gave me a passion for that, man. I got to serve players, parents, and coaches through that. That's a must. Whether I'm making zero dollars or who knows how much, doesn't matter. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. It's, it's, it's a must. And the last thing that I want to leave you with is, is from this book. And it talks about how it, in, in life there's different, you know, like if you're thinking you're going into battle, there's different, different weapons that you can use, right? And you have a sword, probably the number one kind of old school weapon that anybody thinks of is a sword. It's only effective when it's in your hand. We can control that sword, but an arrow, it only reaches its most effectiveness once it leaves our hand, once it's in flight. And the beautiful thing about an arrow is it extends our range of impact. That sword is only effective with whatever your wingspan is. But that arrow, man, that's expansive. You can shoot that thing 360 degrees around yourself in whatever range that thing it has with your accuracy and, and your preparation, you're going to have great impact. And so for a lot of us that are trying to take a jump in business or, or in life, you got to ask yourself, do you have the vision of doing something that requires an arrow, but you're holding on to it so tight, you're playing more like a sword fight? And in order for you to take that next step in your life to reach your potential and do everything that you're supposed to be, you got to pick up a different kind of weapon and, and you got to trust that your preparation and your work is going to pay off because once you let that arrow go, now it's out of your control. And that comes back to the faith aspect. And I, I think it makes it a little bit easier for, for you and I being Christians and, and living a life. It's like, you know what? I'm not going to be the person that I can be without Christ. The, the vision and the purpose that I have for, for my work, it will never reach its full potential without Christ. And I think to have that, even within your business model, which for me is faith, passion, service, and sacrifice, that allows us to let go a little bit more and say, Hey God, I'm trying to, to follow. I'm trying to knock out X, Y, and Z, but I know that, wherever that arrow is going to go and whatever it winds up hitting, you got control over that a heck of a lot more than I do. That's some hard hitting stuff to end, man. I really appreciate um, that. And I'm definitely going to give that book a read. I, I am one that if you recommend a book, I typically read it. So that's, um, that's awesome. Thanks for, thanks for being here, man. And just telling people, yeah, kind of drop the sword and, and switch to a well-placed arrow is, is a pretty cool message and uh, analogy. So if you want to plug real quick where people can find you, uh, then we'll get out of here. 
Twitter, Steve, 21 Kramer, um, kramerbasketball.com and coachesedge.coach are two websites that we have going on. Um, so if you're a basketball coach or you know someone who's a basketball coach, have them reach out to me because we serve basketball coaches literally from the West Coast in LA, California, all the way over to the East Coast, uh, which is really exciting for me. We give them basketball resources, whether that's videos, PDFs, practice plans, drills. We watch game film for them. We have Zoom meetings online, consulting services, presentations, group discussions, all this, all this stuff. And then obviously we run basketball camps in different parts of the country as well. So coaches are always welcome to reach out to me if they're interested in uh, bringing us in to, to work on, especially things regarding player development. Uh, but as you know, um, and from listening to this, I got a passion for people development and trying to, to do things and speak, speak life into people that is going to benefit them uh, well after that ball has, has stopped bouncing. Right on. Well, uh, again, Big Bro, thanks for being here. And thank you for listening. We love you. Bye-bye. Peace.